This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, the Asian Cup continued overnight. The Socceroos playing their third game coming away with a one-all draw against Uzbekistan. The man who's all over it, SEN's own Daniel Garb. Garby, thanks for joining us on the afternoons. No worries, Glenn. Thanks for, uh, for having me. And, uh, yeah, different talking to the man on the other side of the mic sitting in the studio after I did so for a couple of weeks, mate. Uh, we, yeah, we just spoke about it off air. How was, how was your little stint? I'm having a ball in here. I'm, no doubt you did as well. No, nah, it's good fun. Um, thanks to all the uh, SEN listeners who kept me company for a couple of weeks and chimed in every day. So I appreciate it, Beth. And uh, over to you now before Jimmy comes back. Yes, well played, mate. It, uh, it's been great fun across the summer, as you, as you said. Now, Asian Cup, third game for the Socceroos last night. One all draw against Uzbekistan. Uh, it's a bit of a controversy around the penalty that gave Australia the goal. Yeah. Firstly, what did, what did you make of the uh, of the Socceroos' performance? Oh, I was underwhelming, fair mm. to say. Look, I think overall in the group stages, Australia's failed to take things to heights that give fans strong encouragement that they can win this Asian Cup. That being said, uh, undefeated in the, the group stage games, Seven points means Australia has actually equaled their best ever group stage performance at mm. an Asian Cup. If you take all of that into account, only one goal conceded. It's been a pretty good performance results-wise, but I think the actual style of game and the impact Australia is having in the final third of the pitch can certainly go up a level, and there's no reason why it won't when it comes to the knockout stages. So uh, reasons for uh, hope that things will lift, but on the basis of the performance right now, yeah, expectations aren't high that Australia will win yeah, the tournament. See. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's room to grow, but uh, they're in a very good position. All things are added up. Yeah, no doubt. Qualifying to the, the finals or the next stages was priority number one. But, yeah, the lack of goal scoring, what, only four goals for the Socceroos. One of them was a penalty. Um, it, it is an issue for Graham Arnold and the team. It, how do they overcome it? Is, is it a style of play? Is it a personnel issue? How, how do you think... They're going to overcome it once, and they're going to need to once they step it up against the, some of the bigger known nations once we get into these finals. I think the hope is that he's rotated things a lot through the group stage. Mm. He's changed his team probably more than people thought before the knockout stages. So I guess the hope is that, all right, everyone's had a bit of a run. The players are fresh. Now he nails down his best 11 for the knockout stages. They're all locked in and they're ready to take things up a level. And I think that is the hope. The downside of that is, you know, is there a lack of synergy perhaps? Is he 100% sure on his starting 11? Those are legitimate concerns. But I think he'll bring in the players that he feels are, are the right ones now to, to knock off teams when it's, it's do or die. 
and uh, that gives us hope that things will go up a notch in an attacking sense. The defence is very solid. Harry Suter is is leading the way. It's like the Harry Suter of the World Cup, obviously against weaker opposition in the group stages. That won't necessarily be the case in the knockout uh, when it gets to the quarterfinals, hopefully for Australia and so on. But he looks like he's he's back to his best. He just needed a game or so to bet in after uh, not playing much football with uh, Leicester City in the championship. And that improves things enormously from a defensive point of view for Australia. So at the back, it's, it's solid. But things need to go up a, a level or two, definitely in attack. And hopefully just alternating that first 11 and betting things down will uh, lead to a lift for the Socceroos. Who do you see as the key up front, Garby? You know, once they rotate around, they, they get their, their best 11 on the pitch. What do you see as that, um, that formation up front? And, and who are the players that really need to step up? Well, Riley McGree is a man who I think is going to come in now. He's been yep. Australia's best attacking player, albeit off the bench in the first couple of games. He was excellent against Uzbekistan last night. So I think a lot will revolve around him. The striking choice is an interesting one. I think he'll probably go back to Mitch Duke to lead the line in the round of 16. But Kasuna Yangi looked sharp last night. Mm. Mitch Duke hasn't performed as well as he would have liked in the first two games. Yangi has definitely been... Uh, vibrance in attack. So that's something for Graham Arnold to ponder. But I think Mitch Duke is the one who probably comes in. I guess he's got a call between Craig Goodwin and Jordan Boss on the left wing. I think he goes with Goodwin. I think it's round of 16. You go with the experienced play. You go with the guy who's the reigning Johnny Warren medalist who scored against France at the World Cup. You say, all right, you're established. Jordy Boss is the youngster. You come in and, and do your business on the left side, left hand side. So I think Craig Goodwin is one we need to look at to, to take things up a notch for Australia in the knockout stages. Martin Boyle has grown into the tournament. I was concerned about him at the start. It looked like his injuries had taken its toll. Mm. I still don't think the pace is quite there from Martin Boyle at his peak, but he's becoming effective at the moment. He scored the penalty last night. He created the uh, the goal against uh, Syria in the second group stage game. So he's starting to work into things quite nicely. No doubt you've cast your eye across uh, the rest of the, the tournament at the moment. Who are the other countries that are impressing you? And once we get to those final four, final two, let's assume the Socceroos, or let's say the Socceroos are going to be there at the, at the pointy end. Who are the other countries that are, are impressing you at this stage? Well, Japan's the one that's been underwhelming so far. Mm. Obviously, one of the favourites, as they always are. They haven't quite um, been at the level that we, uh, we thought they would be. They suffered a, a shock loss uh, in the group stages. So... Uh, they're not quite at it. South Korea also dropped points in the group stages, but I think they're similar to Australia, rotating their lineup, trying to work their way into the tournament, not not using up all of their uh, energy too early and trying to peak at the right time. So I would still uh, have them as the two teams to beat. And I think Iran and Saudi Arabia have looked pretty strong as well. So to be honest, not too much has changed. It's the big five, Japan, South Korea, Iran, Saudi Arabia and Australia. They're the big five and I still think the winner will come from uh, one of those five teams. All right, mate. Before I let you go, Socceroos captain Matty Ryan unf- doesn't have a, a club to go to uh, in the next, well, next, um, once his contract's done. He's excited about the, the uncertainty of his future. How do, you, how do you see this playing out with, with Matty Ryan? Obviously, he's been a, a superstar of the Socceroos and, and world football for some time now. But um, where do you see his, the next step for his football career? He's moving around a lot. He yeah. has done in recent times. Uh, look, he's, he'll find a club. Yeah. He's got a wonderful resume. He's national team captain. He's still performing at a high level. He hasn't been tested much in this Asian Cup. He hasn't had to pull out too many saves. So yeah. that's going to be a contrast for him when he gets to the knockout stages. But uh, he'll find a club somewhere. I don't think that's too much of an issue. I still think he'll find one in Belgium or Holland, somewhere in Europe, 
um, to get him through. I think he'll be thinking, thinking in the back of his mind, it's that next World Cup. It's the World Cup in USA, Canada, Mexico, where I still want to be Socceroos captain, where I can still perform at a high level. After that, let's assess things. Maybe then he cashes in and takes money in, a, in the Middle East somewhere or yeah. comes back to Australia and starts to settle down. But I think the next couple of years, Matt Ryan can still be playing European football and, uh, and leading the Socceroos as a skipper through to the end of the next World Cup. Still only 31 years of age in, in, in goalkeeper terms. It's, it's still, um, you would like to think he's still yeah. got, as you say, plenty of, plenty of years, good years ahead of him. Yeah, he started very young, though. Let's mm. not forget, he came through as an 18, 19-year-old. So, yes, he is still very young for a keeper, but uh, he's travelled a lot. It would start to take its toll a little bit. He's yeah. very close with his mother who lives in Australia. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's part of him who thinks, all right, by the time I get to 33, 34, and the next World Cup, I've done a lot of travelling. I haven't really had a permanent home. Maybe it's time to, uh, to go live back in Australia and wind down a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know what he's thinking. But uh, yes, he's also the terms he's young, but he also started as a teenager at a professional level. So that can start to take its toll on the mind eventually because a lot of other goalkeepers only start playing professionally in, you know, when they're 23, 24. So they go to 35, but they start a little bit later. So yeah. that might be a point of difference for Matty Ryan potentially. Good on you, Garby. Really appreciate your time this afternoon and uh, well played on your stint in the big chair here at uh, SEN. Can't wait to catch up again soon. Thanks, Glenn. All the best, mate. Good on you, Daniel Garb. Talking all things football and, of course, the Socceroos as well. We'll break right now and we'll be back soon.